You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the What the Fab podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. We have a great interview and I think it's very timely because I have a feeling that like me, maybe you are in that mindset in January, the start of the new year, 2022. Maybe you're feeling like cleaning out your home, purging your apartment, cleaning out your closet, getting those donation bags out and, you know, simplifying, streamlining, Marie condoing your life. So today's episode is all about about tips and tricks for not just the physical side of organization, but also the mental side of it, because there are a lot of mental blocks that we face when it comes to letting things go and purging and getting rid of things. Um, So I can't wait to get into that with you today in today's interview. Before we dive in, a quick reminder, if you have not rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts, what are you waiting for? Please go ahead and do that. I mean, we are 30-something episodes in by now. I feel like you kind of get what this is about. So if you could please go ahead and open up Apple Podcasts, just leave a rating and a review. It's super quick, takes 30 seconds. I would really appreciate that. So today's guest, let's talk about it. Christina Giaquinto is an organizational and spiritual coach. She helps others rid their lives of anything that does not bring them happiness while also organizing their lives to make time for everything that brings them joy. Christina is also the brand ambassador and organizing expert for Modular Closets, which is the closet system I have in my office and soon to be in our downstairs closet. We're working on a project together and she believes that a simplified and organized life is a necessity, not a luxury. Let's welcome Christina to the What the Fab podcast. Hello, Christina. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited for our conversation today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited too. Yay. It's it's so timely. We are going to dive into all of the organizational tips and tricks and mindsets and limiting beliefs. But before we dive into all that, could you please give listeners a little bit of background on yourself and how you became an organizational expert? Of course. Okay, I gotta make this long story short. I've always loved organizing. Um, I think back to like in school and, you know, I was always, I guess, the weird one that had her binders all organized, you know, and helped the teachers. I think a lot of people that start a business, sometimes people have the vision for it, but a lot of times it comes out of a necessity. I was actually going to take a course uh, in LA and I needed some money fast. And I thought of three creative ideas of how I would receive that money. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm really, I'm really good at organizing. I really like it. No one else gets that skill. They always, you know, kind of poked fun out of it. But I, you know, it's how my brain works and I can see it. So um, again, long story short, that's how it started. It was really a, a means to an end. But I, I feel like it kind of found me the business side of it. It was just a wonderful chapter and beginning and, you know, was able to work here in New Jersey. That's where I live and uh, help a lot of people get organized. Uh, and then that transitioned after about four or five years into full-time coaching. 
but with a spiritual component to it. I started to work with my clients. My focus was always on the physical clutter, but I got really close to all my clients and I started to help them more with the the life side of things, the mental clutter, the life clutter. And I really kind of just found a renewed passion for that. And I you know, believe businesses evolve and grow. My focus became on the coaching, but I still do talks on home organizing and the physical organizing. I still, you know, love talking about that side. I do webinars and podcasts, you know, and things like that. And that's how I linked up now with Modular Closets, a closet company here in New Jersey. And I work as their brand ambassador and organizing expert. So it's a another way for me to, you know, get to know people and help their customers learn about organization. So it all ties together. It all synergizes. But I really love focusing on both the physical side of decluttering and organizing as well as the spiritual component and the life side because they do go hand in hand. That is super cool. And I absolutely, I mean, I love to be organized. Like you're speaking to my soul when you're talking about like (laughs) being a kid and like having your binders and everything all organized. Like I'm like, ah, yes, like I feel seen. (laughs) I'm not an expert, but I do love organization. And I can already in my mind think of ways in which that kind of like mental and spiritual side is totally intertwined with like the physical side. And like they influence each other. When I have a messy space, my mental side is fuck. And like when mentally I'm like not well, like Like Mm -hmm. it starts to manifest itself in my physical space too. So we're going to get into all of that. I know that, and you kind of touched on this with the physical side of clutter and organization. I think that because it's January, like it's on everyone's minds. I know that it's like a really popular time of year to like declutter, organize, like I'm doing it myself right now. I'm like in the middle of it. But tell us more about how that kind of mental and physical side are intertwined. Like what are some of the roadblocks that we have around around our physical stuff? I think the biggest thing, well, first of all, I'm I'm doing what you're doing. I'm actually looking at, I got rid of about six bags of clothes for in January. So I'm very proud of myself too. I try to. That's amazing. <laughs> try to, you know, <laughs> you know, do what I preach. Um, so when it comes to the physical side, I think the, and this kind of ties into the the mental well-being, but we'll, we'll stick to the physical side right now. I think the biggest roadblock is just the the emotional attachment that we have with things. And this, you know, varies based on whether it's clothes or something very sentimental and things like that. But thinking back to my clients and that common thread that they all had, I mean, essentially, it was having a really hard time of letting go because of some form of emotional attachment or a fear. And then the second part I would say is also awareness, right? So my thing is for anything in life, the first step is being aware of it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, this is what ties into the mental well-being. We have no awareness when we're shopping, for example, and we're buying things that we don't need. Okay, well, that creates clutter. If we have no awareness for our day-to-day routine and habits, and we say, I'll put it here for now, or I'll do this later. Okay, there, that's a lack of awareness. That's creating clutter, which then stresses us out, right? So part of it is also just awareness for our own actions, as well as the emotional attachment. And like something that I find so intriguing. This isn't like in a judgment type of way because I have I have such a hard time letting go of things too. I mean, I think we all do. But something that I always try to think about is that that physical object should not have power over you, right? So sometimes I feel like we have to make it sound silly because it is, right? Like I remember working with some clients that, you know, had a hard time getting rid of a, a mug, for example. And like you have to really process, like that's a, a mug that you can shatter and throw at a wall and break and Like it can't do anything to you, but somehow we give all of our power to it, 
it's not even a real object, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that's really important, that awareness too, to remember what it is. It's just a thing. It doesn't matter. Most things, I know that there's a lot of sentimental, which we could always have a separate discussion on that. It's just a thing. It's just a piece of clothing. It's just a mug. And it shouldn't, we shouldn't give our whole power away, our whole emotional well-being. I mean, I've had clients sit there with so much anxiety and so much stress and crying because they don't want to release that object. So sometimes I think it's just the awareness of, of, of us saying it's just an object. Like, it's okay. We can replace it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So many good things and just like ideas and questions that you are sparking. I know it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great with what you just said. It's just like sparking so many thoughts for me. So first thing I want to touch on is like the emotional kind of attachment to things. Yeah. And do you have any kind of tried and true tips for working through that? Because like for me, like I said, I'm going through this like house clean out right now. So my husband and I, we used to live in a one bedroom apartment in San Francisco for like a decade. And we would do these kind of like purges twice a year because like in a one bedroom, the clutter just like you see it and feel it so quickly. So it was like, okay, got to do this twice a year. In our new house, we're in 2,400 square feet. We've got lots of closets. Like there's so much space to just kind of like stuff things and store things and like not think about it. And after we're coming up on, gosh, it's been a year and a half since we moved in. And so now I'm like, oh, we have a lot of crap piling up. Like we need to do a major, major purge. At least you're aware of it though, see? Like, at least you're aware. <laughs> Step one, I've got the awareness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had the awareness because I was just feeling it. I was like, our house feels heavy. Like, we cannot have more <laughs> shit in this house. So when I'm thinking about things that I have an emotional attachment to, there's kind of like, there, there's things where I'm like, well, this is obviously like has super sentimental value and it's obvious I'm keeping it. And then there's things that I'm like, it's obvious I'm chucking this. And then there's like this gray area. So as a specific example, like I was going through my vanity in the bathroom and helping my husband go through stuff. And I pulled up this bottle of cologne and I'm like, what is this? You don't even wear cologne. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that, that was my dad's. And his dad passed away a few years ago. So I'm like, mm. well, obviously we're keeping that. And like, that's so special, of course. And then I'm going through right. stuff and like, I have some right here. Like, like these, these <laughs> necklaces, I love it. Christina, like I bought these in high school with my girlfriends when we would ditch class <laughs> and like go drive to San Francisco and like go shopping there. And there was this hippie that would sell them. They are not my style anymore. They're like, but they're pretty and they, they like, remind me of, you know, those fun times. So I'm like, what do I do yeah. with this? Do I keep this? Will I feel sad if I get rid of them? So do you have any kind of questions that you ask yourself yeah. or you ask your clients when you're trying to figure out like, okay, it has sentimental value, but like how much does it really have? Yeah, no, you, you're right on point with this kind of gray area. Again, the cologne, easy, right? That example that I gave with the, with the mugs, you know, in that example, I would say, you know, if, if you got 10 mugs from HomeGoods, they're cute, that's awesome. But you know, the mug that you sit down with and, and, and have tea when your mom comes to visit or your grandma comes to visit, something like that, like you just know, like that's very, very special. So there's some things. So regarding things that are kind of in this middle area, I find that to your point, there's things that are super easy to know. Like you said, the cologne, uh, letters, uh, just, you know, I feel like deep down, we really do know what is the most important things, the sentimental things. It's often things that were given from family and, you know, significant others and things like that, friends. And then there's the other side where for the most part, people don't have trouble getting rid of, for example, you know, some kitchenware or things like that. 
a lot of times there's not that much of an emotional attachment, but then there's this gray area in this middle area where even for me, like as I was just going through my stuff for January and getting rid of everything, there's kind of like 50% of me that is okay getting rid of it. And the other 50% of me that still has some bond to it. So I think there's two solutions to this. One is you, there is no pressure and you have to have some grace with yourself that this is an ongoing process forever, right? So we're constantly going to be decluttering and organizing each whatever works for you, whether it's each season, each month, each year, but you're going to constantly have stages. So what I find is that, for example, there was certain things that I kept, let's say from high school that at that time were really, really important. And I'm really glad that I saved it. Let's say I had a memory box or framed something at that time. It really was important and I should have kept it. And I'm very glad I did. But then six years later, when I'm out of that stage and now I'm in college or a young adult, for example, about 50% of that stuff didn't mean anything to me anymore. And so now it's time to let that go. But back in, you know, five years prior, you know, I had to honor that time as well and keep it. Now, if we're way out of that stage, like right now, if I'm looking 15 years back at that time, to your point with like the necklaces or, you know, something like that, I personally love having, and I think this is an easy solution for everybody. I love having a box for every stage of my life. It's not a huge box. It doesn't take up a lot of room. But, you know, I have essentially like a memory box for like baby, baby, like, like little, little. And then I have one for kind of like childhood. And then I have one for high school and college, young adult. So I kind of have all these little boxes and something like that. Like I like looking back at the boxes because it evokes memories. And I think it's fun to look at. I don't know. I'm very big on sentimental things and remembering those times. So something like that, that necklace. Like I would put in my high school box. And if I saw my friends or wanted to show them or, you know, wanted to pull it out because you're looking back or you're showing your husband or something like that, I think it's fun to have that. So if you are not going to do the memory box, the keepsake box, then in that case, if it is just sitting there for the last, you know, decade, I would probably suggest to donate it. And I find that anytime that we can donate it or give it to somebody and see a new purpose within it, that helps a lot too. So for example, to give it to your child to kind of play with or to give it to a niece or somebody, like a lot of times that makes it so much easier because then we know that it's kind of has a new life and somebody else is going to use it. So as much as we can do that, I think that helps a lot as well. I love that. That's really nice. And I also think like when you're when you're donating things, like thinking about it, having a new life with someone else, even if it's not someone you know, mm-hmm. like that's really helpful for me too. Yes. No, we have to remind ourselves that. I don't know. That, that helps me personally a lot. I know a lot of people have trouble when, I don't know if you resonate with this at all, but one of the biggest things people always say is when somebody gifts it within the family. So for example, your sister gives you something or... I don't know, your mom gives you something and you you don't like it. (laughs) But what happens is every, I mean, that was a big thing with people, with my clients. It was just so difficult for them to let that go because A, they were always scared that if they came over and asked for it or didn't see it, you know, then that would be a little awkward. Um, And they also, but more than that though, they felt such tremendous guilt for getting rid of it when somebody that they loved thought about them and gave it to them. So this kind of ties full circle to the donation. You know, my thing is the thought of them, the fact that they thought of you and gave you a gift and tried is the gift in itself. And 
it was already received, right? So that's the gift. It was already received. And if you don't like that physical object or you're never going to wear that sweater or you don't like those dishes that you received, by giving it to somebody else, it's, it's a better gift anyway because that person that you're donating it to that buys it at the thrift shop or whatever, they do like it. That's why they're getting it or that's why they're picking it up. And so it can be used, right? Instead of just sitting in a closet or sitting in the back of a cabinet, so that's how I always think about it. I would rather, like, I, I like to think that everything has a, a life to some degree, right? And so even if it's a piece of clothing, to kind of respect that and say, okay, I'm not going to let it sit in the back of my closet if I don't like it, even if my sister gave it to me, I'm going to donate it. And then somebody else that really likes it and is going to feel confident wearing it can, you know, it just makes more sense. <laughs> yes. Okay. You literally read my mind because oh, that was no. going to be my next question. <laughs> like, what about something that I'm feeling attached to? Not necessarily because of the emotion of like feeling sentimental, but the emotion of guilt. Someone gave me this thing and I don't like this bracelet or earrings or whatever it is. And it's just been sitting there. So I like that mentality a lot. I also have, so can I, can I interject with what you just said? Because there's something else. Okay. So what you just said about feeling guilty about getting rid of a gift that someone gave you, I'm going to do a 180 on this and say, it's also our responsibility to just goes back to awareness and being conscious of what we are gifting people. This drives me nuts. The holidays just passed and so many people just bought randomness because they're supposed to, or because Christmas was there or Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. And, you know, they go out last minute and they just buy some random thing. And to me, A, you can tell when somebody actually puts thought into something, right? Like you can tell when somebody just randomly went out and got something or when they really, really put a lot of thought into it. And so it's also our responsibility as the people that are giving gifts to forget about the money or the the obligation. You know, love does not equal giving gifts. So just be very conscious of what you're buying because you also have a responsibility to not add clutter to somebody else's life. And I don't know if that's because I'm really organized, but I, that's what I feel guilty about. Like I feel guilty giving somebody some random thing and then knowing that it's going to be clutter in their house. Like I don't feel good about that. Okay. So I try to put a lot of thought into the gift and even then they might not like it, but I'm doing the, the best I can, at least the intention is there <laughs> instead of just going at last minute and buying something for the sake of it. I mean, at that point, I would rather give them a gift card or cash or, or something, you know, where I know that they can use it instead of just going out and getting some random thing, you know, so just another perspective on the responsibility of the people that are giving gifts. Hold up, I have to tell you about my new What the Fab presets. I finally launched digital product, and let me tell you, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be, but I am so excited that they're live. They're available. You can shop them on the website. You can just go to whatthefab.com slash presets to see them in all their freaking glory. <laughs> These presets are something that I have been refining and tweaking over the years, and after almost a decade of being a travel blogger and lifestyle blogger, I'm finally making them available to you to purchase and to use on your own photos. So whether you are a full-time content creator or this is your side hustle or you just want beautiful aesthetic photos for your feed, I'd love for you to check them out. Presets are honestly a game changer. Using Lightroom presets has really optimized how I'm able to edit my photos. It makes everything cohesive and beautiful and branded so that when you see one of my pictures on Instagram or 
Pinterest, you know that it's coming from what the fab. And you can have that kind of brand cohesiveness too by using the presets and tweaking them for your own skin tone and style. They also have saved me hours upon hours of editing photos. I mean, it used to take me half a day to go through you know, hundreds of photos from a shoot. Now I can just do it within one or two clicks. And then if I'm using desktop, batch sync it across all of the photos. It's amazing. Like I said, game changer. And these presets are, they're light and airy and will make your photos look beautiful, whether you're shooting on an iPhone or in the raw on DSLR. I've got the mobile pack. I've got the desktop pack. So there's something for everyone. If you want to edit just on the go, the mobile pack is a great option and you can use Lightroom Mobile. The app is free, so that's a really great option for someone who's doing this as a side hustle or a beginner. And then if you are building a brand, um, maybe this is your full-time thing, you'll probably want both the mobile and the desktop versions because then you'll be able to edit on the go on the app, but then also really like sit down in front of your computer, do that batch editing I was talking about, and just have that really cohesive vibe across all of your photos. So I hope you'll check them out. And I'm so excited I have a little gift for you. So you can get one of my mobile presets for free. Just go to whatthefab.com slash free and you can get my World Traveler mobile preset for free and you can use it on the Adobe Lightroom app on your phone. And the World Traveler preset, I've used it on every type of photo imaginable. It's light and airy and beautiful and just makes you look glowy. I've used it on selfies, date night pics, home decor, food, um, my friend's kids, and of course, my jet setting travel pics. So I know that you will love it. Again, go to whatthefab.com slash free to grab that free preset for yourself. Enjoy it. Love it. Use it. I can't wait to see what kinds of photos you create with it, and be sure to use hashtag WTFab presets so I can see and share all my stories. All right, let's get back to the episode. Right. I completely agree 100%, and I think that's such a good kind of just like tie back to the season that we all just kind of came through. For my family, we've started doing donations to like our favorite organizations because like I'm a fashion blogger, Christina. I get so much stuff sent to me. Like my mom told me. I can't even imagine the amount of stuff that you get. (laughs) I mean, my mom is like, you're the most obnoxious person to shop for because you already like have all these clothes and makeup and like anything that you want you just like could potentially partner with the brand on like a campaign together like what do I buy you and I'm like let's just do donations to causes and organizations we care about and like if we really want to gift each other something I far prefer experiences like give me a gift card to Airbnb or like you know an airline gift card or something like I totally agree like just and and the other thing that I think people get kind of hung up on is sometimes people feel like a physical gift is more meaningful than money or a gift card. And I'm like, for me, no, it's not. Like, I don't I don't want the thing. Like, I w- would much rather have the experience that, you know, the money or the gift card can buy me. So I think that's a really yeah. good point. Absolutely. And it's all about intent too and how it's... I'm not saying that you have to get like super, super sentimental about it, but I've given gift cards before and tried to you know, jazz it up a little bit or write a card as to why, you know, like, for example, if it's a a mom, and I'm giving her a coffee gift card, and just saying kind of like, you know, you're such an amazing mom. And and I know, 
you know, how much it can be sometimes. And this is mom's fuel for you. I love you and support you. Right. Like, I mean, you really feel that versus just sticking it in a card. And, you know, again, then it comes, whether it's physical or, or a gift card, again, you can tell the intent with, with something. So that's really, I think what it comes down to, but yeah, that's like my pet peeve. I don't know when people just buy randomness yeah. and, <laughs> and then gift it to you. Or if you're doing that to them, um, because it's just, I think we have a real pro I, 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 I don't know. I just think there's a real problem. I don't know if it's because I see so much clutter, but there's just so much stuff. And I think me seeing that over and over and over, honestly, it just like repulses me at this point, <laughs> you know, again, not in a judgment way, in a sense of like, wow, this actually, this doesn't, matter and it's paralyzing people it's stressing people out and like how is this happening why is there so much stuff in everybody's home and mm-hmm. the irony is that it doesn't make them feel good like it okay you're getting all this stuff but right it just nobody feels good with it I've never met one person that feels good in clutter mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah I, I just again the, to me awareness if, if we you know, had one thing to summarize with it. I think if you're aware of your actions as you're shopping, as you're spending, if you're aware of what you're bringing in, if you're aware of what you're letting go, if you're aware of your daily habits, you know, that is the number one thing that I think anybody listening to this could do going into 2022, just to be aware of it all. That is great. And this is this is your PSA, everyone, to think about, to take a step back before you buy random things for people and think about your gift giving and how it can be thoughtful, but also not add clutter to people's spaces. I love that tip. So one other thing that you mentioned when you were kind of like talking about your background. So like, I know that you've hit on and mentioned it several times, but just like the awareness of it, which I love, but I want to hear more from your perspective of like, how does clutter happen? Because I'm cleaning out my bathroom right now. And again, I, I get a lot of products, you know, sent to me. I try a lot of products and I am really, I try to be judicious about like, okay, I tried this one. It's not for me. Like I'm giving it to my sister to try or I'm, I'm donating it or just tossing it. But I still like doing this bathroom clean out. I had like two garbage bags full of stuff that like I can't even donate. It's just garbage. And I'm like, how does this happen? Like, this is crazy. I mean, for I feel like your situation might be a little different just because of the amount of product and the, you know, things that you're receiving. But if, if we are talking about you in this instance, then it would come down to a system, right? So if you are really accumulating and receiving and it's your job, you know, it's, it's your passion and career. So if you're getting an exorbitant amount of stuff per month, then there definitely has to be some kind of system of opening it, trying it, being, you know, honest about whether you are going to use that product or not. And then, you know, I don't know how it comes to you, but whether that's every week or every two weeks, I think that's part of it too. If you, if you are really receiving like packages every single day and, and things like that, then you also have to pick a day where you can concretely dedicate time and say, you know, every two weeks, I'm going to go through these packages and donate things so this doesn't happen. But it's hard because it's your job. It's also setting, I don't know how it works within the context of what you do, but sometimes it's also setting boundaries with, you know, I don't don't know if, if you ask for everything to come or people are just sending you things to try because they want you to try. Again, it's good. You would, I would even say, I don't know if you open, do you open every single one of them and try them? 
I open all of them. And to answer your question, like a lot of times, I don't even know who sent me the product because it's like a PR agency. And like, I, I don't use my my home address, but like my PO box gets, you know, somebody from hops from one PR agency to another and brings their list over with them. And they're working on this client and these brands. And I'm like, I don't even know who sent me this, but it, you know, it popped up in my mailbox. So I do open all of them. I like that, you know, idea of having a little bit more of a system. And and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, for someone who isn't a beauty blogger, like how does clutter happen in their house, in their bathroom, in their, you yeah. know, their kitchen island? Like it's kind of a little why why is it such an issue? Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit of everything, right? So for example, if we're talking about shopping, it sounds very simple, but you know what? Most things in life are simple. We just don't listen to it. So it's, you know, when, you, when it comes That's to so shopping, true. right? Like it really is kind of simple. We, we overcomplicate things. So when we're shopping, part of it is asking ourselves, okay, why are we going shopping? And what do we need? How many times do we go to a Target or Home Goods for one thing? And then we are out the door with a million other cute things, you know? So Part of it is making a choice. Again, awareness. I know I'm going to say that so many times, but it's being conscious of why you're shopping. So that's one component, right? There's kind of like all different little spokes of it, but being conscious of what we're bringing in. So many times people overbuy and duplicate things. I would, I would go into a client's house and they would have literally like seven spatulas. Like why? Why do you have seven spatulas? <laughs> right? right? That's more of just not being aware and you can't find it because it's, disorganized and you go out and buy it and then it happens again and again, right? So part of it is taking the time to organize everything and have a system so that you're visually aware of what you have in your home. Part of it is being aware of when you go shopping of what you truly need. And a lot of times, like me personally, I'll have to really remind myself, like, okay, I came in here for three things. Came here for paper towels and contact solution and whatever. And to you know, kind of sometimes just like force myself out of the aisle. Like I don't, I didn't come here to get another sweatshirt or whatever I'm getting. In terms of within the house, a lot of times it's, you know, postponed decisions. I want to say if you hear, like, I always tell, I always tell my clients, like, I hope my voice and face is like ingrained in their heads. Cause I would always say, if you say, I'm going to do this later, or I'm going to put this here for now. We say that all the time. Mm. I'm going to put this here for now. And it's just a postponed decision. Take the two seconds, max probably two minutes, right? Literally two minutes to either put that item away so that the clutter doesn't occur and it's organized or look at it. Like if you're going through mail or something, look at it and make a decision. Do it right then. Like so many things are postponed instead of getting the mail out of the mailbox and doing it right then every day so that you don't have a huge pile on Sunday. You Put it on the counter and you say, oh, I'm going to do it over the weekend. Or you went, you go to put away those pairs of shoes and you throw them on the stairs and say, oh, like, I'll put that away later. I'll put that away later. I'll put that away later. I'll do it later. And then there's clutter, you know? So a lot of it is also just not working in the present moment and acting right then and there. And sometimes I will say it's a lot. I don't know what I was doing the other day. I guess I was just busy kind of running around. And it felt like a lot, like I was constantly making decisions in each moment or going to put something away, but I had to go put it in my car. And the other thing I had to go put away in my office and the other thing, you know, so sometimes it's a lot, but like for me, there's so much more peace with that because it's done. And this is where the mental clutter comes in because no matter what you try to tell me, I'm not, I just, <laughs> it subconsciously, we remember all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So if we're saying, oh, I'm going to put this here for now and I'm going to do it later, 
or we're looking at something in our purse that needs to go in our car, we'll do that later. Subconsciously, that is there. That's what stresses you out. Whether you're aware of it or not, the subconscious backlog of to do, to do, to do, to do, to do, to do, to do is what stress. That's what's causing the anxiety. So it's better to take that two seconds, that two minutes, work in the present moment, put away. And I promise you, your mind will just like, it just poof, just goes away. <laughs> like you just feel so much lighter and so much better. Like it just feels so good. That is such a good tip. I mean, it's the same idea as like when, you know, you think of something that you need to add to your to-do list and it's just like nagging you all day. And then as soon as you like actually write it down on your list, it's like, great. Like I have it written down. I don't have to like keep like having my brain ping itself to be like, don't forget to do this thing. You said, you know, you got to do this thing. And it's the same idea. And I also love the example of like the mail. Because that was something I was just talking about with my husband because he has this really bad habit where he will bring in the mail and he will just leave the junk mail on the kitchen island. And I'm like, the trash is two feet away. Like, this is clearly junk mail. He's like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, maybe you might want to look through it. I'm like, okay, you can hear me now once and for all. I don't want to look at the junk mail. (laughs) Like, please, (laughs) if it's in your hand and it's clearly junk mail, just put it in the trash. Because otherwise, like you say, it just builds up, it builds up. And then you've got like this messy island and it's like, what the hell is going on? So I love those tips. No, it really, it's not great. It happens to all of us. It does. I, again, I literally am looking at one, two, three, four, five, six bags of clothes that I'm getting rid of. So, um, it happens, but, (laughs) and then the other side is also just taking the time to do this stuff. And I understand that everybody has busy lives. I really do, whether it's work or the kids or family, it's hard. And I validate that 100%. I'm not saying that it's easy to just have a whole weekend to do this. But at the end of the day, my, I just, I really believe that we have a choice of what we're working towards. And if it's peace and you want to be the best version of you and calm for your family, for yourself and be happy and not feel stressed and have that all, all that anxiety, then you have to schedule a day in the month to say, okay, for all of Saturday and all of Sunday, I'm going to do this project. And I might have to get help. I might have to get a babysitter, whatever it is, you know, but otherwise I... I see, I don't know, I see what it does to people, the the anxiety. And I think it's more valuable to take that weekend and maybe not get as much work done or things like that. Or, or again, ask for help. People have a hard time asking for help too. It's okay to ask for help. That was a big thing. I don't know if people feel like that who are listening, but a lot of my clients felt like very embarrassed to, like it was a big deal for them to call me or to take that step. And my thing is, if my brain works differently, like I hire so many people because my brain doesn't work like theirs, right? So I think we also have to honor what our strengths are and, and you can learn how to be organized. Anybody can. There's tips and there's there's a mindset behind it and there there's a system that you can learn 100%. But my brain has always been able to see clutter and then just see the outcome. I don't know how that works. I mm-hmm. imagine it's similar to how a, des- a designer works or a developer who's looking at a plot of land and can see apartment complexes, right? I don't know. It just does it (laughs) somehow. But there's also a lot of things that I'm horrible at and not good at. And this is like the one thing I am okay at, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You know, it's it's nothing that you failed at. There's no no guilt in it. There's no shame. Um, It's just something that it's okay to ask for help and ask a friend to come over or hire an organizer or, you know, whatever it is. So I think that's really important too. A lot of a lot of the people that I worked with, they just like, I don't know, they didn't feel good about themselves. It's okay. I don't know. You didn't do anything wrong. Totally. Something that you have to learn. 
This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an incredible email marketing service provider, and they are the platform that I use for my email campaigns for What the Fab. The platform is so intuitive and easy to use. It's very drag and drop. And best of all, it's aesthetic AF. The templates are beautiful, and you can easily add your own brand colors to it to make sure that your emails look and feel like you. I used to use MailChimp back in the day, but after trying Flowdesk out about a year ago, I was in love and I know you will be too. You can give Flowdesk a try for 30 days free and if you want to keep them, which I know you will, you can use my referral link to lock in a 50% off price at $19 a month and lock that in forever. You can get this offer and try it for free at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk and that is spelled F-L-O-D-E-S-K. That's whatthefab.com slash flowdesk. I can't wait to see what stunning emails you create. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really great tip. And I was going to ask you like, okay, so let's move into kind of like the actual like physical, you know, logistical, like getting into the organizing, because like you say, it's a lot of work. And it's taking me a really long time. Like I started last weekend, it's going to pour over into this weekend, I'm roping in my husband to help me my personal assistant is coming over for a day (laughs) to help too. like, it's it's a lot of work. And it's exhausting. So so not being afraid to ask for help is a really great tip. Do you have any other tips of like, if you're really going to do like a purge a clean out, is there somewhere that you start? Like, how do you kind of like get yourself ready to do this? And in the right mindset, do you have certain like systems? How do you let go of stuff? Like, what are some tips that you share with your clients when they're getting ready to do a big clean out? Um, the first thing would be, I think the most important thing is actually to not burn yourself out and not to get overwhelmed. I always used to tell the girls that worked for me, I said, we have 30 seconds to look at that space and we can be as stressed inside as we need to be. Like I, I allowed ourselves to, to look, to be a little stressed about it, but then we're there to work, you know? So we had to get our approach together, but it stresses <laughs> me out too. I mean, I mean, it really does. But the first thing I would say is, you know, especially I know January and new year's and it is a wonderful time. And I think we should use that energy and that inspiration to get some projects done. But at the same time, from a bird's eye view, you have to remember we have a whole year, right? And so the, we don't want to run so fast in January that it stresses us out even more. That kind of defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do. So I would say the first thing every, and this is part of what you were saying before of kind of like emptying out the to-dos, right? In your brain, write down every house project that you want to do. That in itself, honestly, you might want to kick back, put your feet up and like drink a cup of coffee or something because it's going to feel so good on paper. Like you're going to feel like you're done. I promise. Everyone feels that way. You write down like a master home organizing list of what you need to do. I mean everything. If you have to do, like don't just write the kitchen. Okay. If you have to do the kitchen, then write the junk drawer and the pantry and the cabinets, like write everything down. That in itself is going to feel very good, I promise. And that's the first space to start. And then I would say, in terms of picking which one to do, this is dependent on everybody's personality. So for some people, I would say, and you'll know yourself, right? Like you'll know which one is better for you. Sometimes people, if they're overzealous and just like ready to go, then I would say do the biggest, most stressful project. But you have to be mentally prepared for that. You have to say, okay, I blocked off, you know, every weekend this month, I'm going to go for it. It's been stressing me out for five years. I'm, I'm going for it. Okay. 
But for some people, this is a very daunting process and they do better with more of like a snowball effect. So I would say start with, if that's your personality, then start with the smaller project, something that you can bang out in a couple hours, like the junk chore. That's it. You know, just say you're going to get that done today. It could probably be done in an hour, to be honest, if it's just one chore, right? Mm -hmm. And then do another small project and another. And sometimes that momentum, seeing a list of 20 things and you already checked off seven feels really good. So people gain momentum through that. And then there's some people that neither a big project nor a small project per se, but it's just the one that they're dying to do, right? Like it would just make them feel so good if they got that one project done. And then I would start with that. So that is, to me, there's no right or wrong with that. That's solely based on your personality and what motivates you. But that's where I would start writing the list. And then those are the three ways to pick which one. Mm -hmm. This also just allows some grace and room for yourself to say, okay, I'm going to give myself the whole year. Honestly, I hope everyone tells themselves that, like listening to this. I have the whole year. I have all of 2022. (laughs) That makes a big difference. But you want to allocate, you know, like I said, based on those projects that you pick by the end of February, I want to get these two done. And by the spring or the summer, I want to get these done, you know, so it's also committing to getting that done. That's where I would start. Yeah. Such good tips. (laughs) Such good tips. And I think like the also the satisfaction, like for me personally, starting with a more bite-sized one and getting it done Mm -hmm. in an hour or even a day, like the satisfaction of having that complete kind of gives you even more motivation to like tackle the next project the next day or the next weekend or whatever. I started with my closet this time and I knew I was like, I, it's probably going to take me all day, but like I can get it done in a day. And then, yeah, when it was finished, I was like, oh my God, it looks amazing. Like I can't wait to, you know, work on the next room, the next closet. Yeah. Do you have some... That's kind of how I work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I have like the the one, the big ugly project for me right now is our bonus room. There's kind of this, it's sort of like a fourth bedroom, but there's no closet in it. And it's kind of like small, but like we could fit a bed. We've been using it as storage. It just looks a mess. Like you would not think that this is a room in, in my home if you saw the rest of my house but it's like it's so bad so you use that for all the packages that come in yeah that room (laughs) I figure if it's open that's where they're going (laughs) yeah that's where they're going along with a bunch of other crap and photography equipment and photo shoots it's just like it's a mess so I'm like that we will save for a later date we're gonna get some of the like smaller projects you know done and feeling good about what are some physical organization tips that you have that they could be really little, but just things that might like blow people's minds. Like for me, I learned a couple that I'm like, um, this is amazing. So I learned a new way to fold my shirts so that they're all kind of like standing up in the drawer and I can see them instead of them being buried. That was life changing. And then the other one I just did when I did this clean out in the closet was taking all of my pants and hanging them so that the like straight outside seam was facing out on all of them and it just looks like so nice and uniform and beautiful are they still folded that way yeah so they're folded and hanging yes Mm -hmm. so do you have any tips that come to mind okay I have another thing for jeans or pants well I've done it for jeans before I created this I don't know what to call it I guess a jean wall (laughs) one time but it was so simple we just put lined the, the whole wall there's probably different variations of how you can do this but we use a rod uh, like a shower rod and then put the the hooks on it uh-huh. and hung, you know, on the loop of the, the belt loop on the hook, 
and it created the most beautiful aesthetic. It was super organized and super easy to take off and put on. So it kept it organized, which is the main goal. But from an aesthetic standpoint, it just looked beautiful. It was this, this organized jean wall. So that was the, I mean, this was years ago, but that was the first time I did it. And I fell in love with that. So that's one creative, cool tip to do. Most people will probably fold their jeans, but it's, it's just something that's cool to do. I'm big on hooks. It, this kind of goes into the same thing with jeans, but I love using wall space and hooks for hats. You know, again, it, it, I like blending organization plus aesthetics. So creating like a hat kind of board or a wall, and that's just simply a hook. Some scarves, I'll use hooks, like things like that. I think we should use the wall space as much as possible, personally. And then in terms of, are you talking about like creating a system for the clothes or? Sure. I mean, literally any any kind of like <laughs> physical organization tips you have, like we'd love to hear it. I'm trying to, I love the folding. That that was a big one for me, that what you said about the the accordion one. I, that's, I think that's that's what I call it, the, the accordion style. Would it be possible for me to talk about like creating the system for it? Please. Or, okay. So if we're looking at a closet, most people will always have a single rod. I, I mean, there's usually, that's it. But anytime I've walked into a closet or into a client's home, whether it's a master bedroom, a jacket, entry, hall closet, whatever it is, it's usually one rod. So the best thing that you could do is create a better system for it. Right. If we really think about it, if there is a system, there is a home for something, then you're good because you know where to put something away. So that's kind of why I was so honored to line up with modular closets because I really believe in their product. And, you know, anytime I was organizing a closet, that was my kind of my first agenda. Like if, you know, if I could take the space that they had and, you know, if they had one rod and they, you know, didn't have a lot of clothes or something, that's fine. But for the most part, 99.99999% of people have one rod and they can't fit anything in that closet. And again, that's what creates the stress and the anxiety. So if we're working on your master closet, we'll say, or even your entryway, you are literally accomplishing most of your organizing goals already by just creating a better system and you know, investing in a new closet system. Because for example, that one rod that holds, let's say, 15 jackets you now add double hanging and some shelves and you just quadrupled the amount of stuff that you can put in there. And it's not so much the intention is not to just add more space so we can fill it with more clutter, not the idea. <laughs> it's just so that we can maximize the efficiency of the space and organize it in a better way. So I really, I mean, to me, I know that the, the tips and the little things are, are cool, but at the end of the day, you have to create the foundation and the baseline for how you organize. So I really would encourage people to look at, at that, like the closets in their house and how we can maximize the space and make it better. Yes, I love that. And I'm going to make my husband listen to what you just said because <laughs> it's so funny. He has So he's an architect and he like he's a little bit more on kind of like mm -hmm. the minimalist side. And he like had almost a freaking panic attack when I was working with modular closets the first time and told him like, I'm installing this whole closet system. And like, oh, yeah, I'm also going to do like Ikea packs in our walk in too. So we have like these two closet systems that are being installed. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't want that. Because that just means you're going to have more space to put more crap. <laughs> and we're going to have so much stuff and blah, blah. And I'm drowning in stuff. And I'm like, oh, me, this is like literally just so I can like organize things better. Not so I can like stuff more things in it. But like, I, I want to 
maximize the space. I want to, like you say, have a system of like what makes sense an organization. And it doesn't mean that like, it's just going to be so much better. And I like, I'm literally going to have him listen to what you just said, because but if he's listening, I want you to know, I do. I love the the minimalism belief and philosophy coupled with organization. And so I do agree with him 100%. You know, we don't, we, if it's, that's why I said, if you have the one rod and you can fit everything, then great. If you literally only own 10 shirts and you can just line them up, all the power to you. But most people, they have one rod and it's just, it's not that they have, so this was one question you can ask yourself. I would always ask my clients in the very, very beginning. Do you have two, because these are two different problems. Do you have too much stuff or do you not have enough space? Because there are people that they, the, the, the amount of stuff that they had, they decluttered, they went through it and it's life, right? They own clothes, they own things. It's okay. And it really wasn't that bad. They didn't have a lot of clutter, but they just had no, they didn't have any space. And if you have no space, like what are you supposed to do? So sometimes the problem is just creating a more efficient system that right. allows you to put stuff away. But to your husband's point, I wouldn't suggest to create more space just to fill things for no reason. So I, I get both. Um, but that's something that you can definitely ask yourself. Do you have too much stuff or not enough space? And for some people, it's going to be both. But for some people, it'll be one or the other. Because I also worked with some people that had plenty of closets and plenty of space. And they just had too, they just had too much stuff. You know, so... So again, that comes back to awareness as well, but that's, that's definitely a question to ask yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Let me see here. I mean, we taught, I mean, I wanted to get into it about like tips for storage space and creating a system. We covered that. Any yeah. other kind of like tips about like maximizing space and making sure, because our closets were the same situation, like bare bones, a rod and a shelf and each one that we've put some kind of system in it's Mm. been like life-changing any other tips about how to keep those functional without like overstuffing um at least when designing it I would say as you don't have to have it down to a science of you know exactly 26 shirts you know I mean you can I that's what I do but you don't you don't have to go that far but when you're designing it do it with the intention of again being aware of what you have that's really important So sometimes people jump to the design process and listen, it's better than nothing. So if you design a closet with better storage and it has more space, that's still a win. However, everybody's space is different. Everybody's items are different. And so how you design that closet should be to fit what you have. So for example, I worked with somebody and I initially designed the closet just for my vision to make it Mm -hmm. better than it was. But then I realized that we were doing this virtually, so it was a little different. I didn't see it in person. I realized that she only had dresses. Mm. And, and I designed it. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> so I, I designed it to, you know, with lots of double hanging where she only needed long hanging. And I didn't add enough shelves and drawers. You know, she literally had basically long hanging for dresses. She had hundreds of dresses. Or she needed mm-hmm. to put things away in drawers. So again, that's... That closet, I could have designed it entirely different and it still would have looked beautiful, but it would have done no good for her. So part of it is also just if you can, you know, take everything out, do the decluttering part, and then whatever's left, say, okay, I have X amount of sweaters that need to be hung, X amount of pants that need to be folded. That way you can develop your closet 
to fit that. And then it's going to be so easy to organize because you're literally designing the closet to fit. And it sounds very simple, but a lot of people jump, they jump a step. So I don't know if that sounds silly to say, but I see it all the time. And I think that's a, you know, you can't forget that step just to be aware yeah. of what you have. <laughs> That's a great tip. And fortunately, with modular closets, you get design help whenever mm-hmm. you're you're shopping there, right? Can you yes. tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, free design service, you can do it. You're, it's great. There's an online tool. So if a lot of people honestly just go on and do it themselves or at least get it started. Yeah. So and you don't have to be a designer. You don't have to know what you're doing. It's very easy. You basically just plug in the measurements and start designing and it's fun and it's creative. So if you feel compelled to do that. There's that side of it. But if it's, you know, a little scary or daunting, or that's just not your thing, then there's designers on hand all the time. And they're wonderful people. And they're so patient and, you know, really want to make it the best closet for you. So they're there as well to help. And then I always say, you know, anyone can always reach out to me too. That that happens all the time. And I'll help as much as I can, or I'll, you know, connect you with the designer. So sometimes people just like to know that they can personally reach out. So I always tell people you could DM me, email me, text me, call me. I, I don't care. You can text me at midnight, I'll answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if there's any questions about your, you know, your closet or what to do or just, you know, who to call at much of the closets, you could always reach out. That is awesome. I had design help for the one in my office and I get so many compliments on it because I like I, I love thank that one. you. I use it as the <laughs> backdrop for like my TikToks and IG reels and it stores a lot of like I use it for a lot of like product coming in like, okay, here's like an outfit I need to shoot with. And then also just like storing my regular like boring office stuff like, you know, paper clips and everything. And kind of like you were saying earlier, it really combines that balance of like the functionality and storage and also aesthetic. So I love that one. And then I know you guys, we are working together on another project that I'm really excited about, which is our our downstairs closet in our bathroom down there that is just like I sent you a picture you saw it's just kind of got random like sponges and paper towels in there and I'm like there's all this space but I need I need a system like I need it to you know we need to we need to gussy it up a little bit a hundred percent no I'm very excited about that yeah no it needs to you need to lighten it up a little bit get rid of some stuff yeah (laughs) do everything but and then there's one more thing I just popped into my head um I don't know if this is like a good last tip for everybody, Sure. but I know organizing has become very trendy right now. And I'm really thankful. I'm, I'm, it's great. I think it's exciting that everybody loves it so much, but I think it's important to, I think your husband will like this, <laughs> this part. <laughs> I'm going to take his side on this, but to remember, like we're, we're very caught up right now in the aesthetics of organization. And I love color coordinating things. I love making sure things are alphabetized. Like I, I love that side of it. It's, it's beautiful. There's systems, it's organized, it looks pretty. But I think at the end of the day, we have to remember what the purpose of all this is. And it's to really simplify our lives and only allow in our home what we truly need, right? Like things that truly matter, that we can use for a function that mean something sentimental, feel good, whether it's clothes and, but to really simplify it. And at the end of the day, if you know where something is and you can put it away and your house is not filled with clutter, you're organized. So I meet so many people that don't want to color coordinate. Fine. <laughs> you're, I'm going to be a little bit more like over the top with it, but that's me. Like as you know, your, your drawer, you don't have to have every 
little, I, I, I don't know, I think people need to hear this because they get with the kind of culture that we're in right now and how perfect everything is and how pretty everything is. It's so intimidating. It's intimidating. And it's, not it. it's really not. I don't maybe I get in trouble for saying that, but it's not the point of getting organized. The point is to simplify your life and know where to put something, have systems, make conscious choices, be aware of your habits, and to have some peace in your life, right? So if it's not looking so perfect and you don't have a label on everything, and instead of printing it out, like, again, I'm going to use a label machine, but you don't have to. If you want to just get a little post-it and stick it on there, great. Like, as long as it's labeled, you know what I mean? So I think people need to just have some balance in their life and realize that they it doesn't need to be so, so perfect. You can you can aim for that. And if you like that, go for it. But it's not necessary, in my opinion. <laughs> I think that is a great tip to end on and just kind of makes the whole thing feel like more approachable because you're right. We see it on Instagram with like professional organizers and you're just like, wow, cool. My pantry like never in a million years is going to look like that. Like if I'm the one working on it. So it is kind of nice to have that reminder that it's just about creating like what works for you so you can declutter your life and have it more simplified. And I mean, who doesn't want more peace in their life? So that is great. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. Where can everyone find you and modular closets. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I love this. It's great. <laughs> I wish I got brought a coffee for it though. Then, then I would have been extra happy. Okay. So regarding modular closets, uh, it's just modularclosets.com or follow us on Instagram. I'm always checking the DMs there and everything. So please feel free to reach out. I will get back to you. Regarding myself, I know my name might be a little bit complicated, but everything is my name. So it's <laughs> ChristinaGiaquinto.com, G-I-A-Q-U-I-N-T-O. And that's also my Instagram name. And so either one of those has my email and cell and everything. I really mean it. Anybody could reach out anytime. So between Modular Closets and my website and Instagram, you can find me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Christina. This was such a fun conversation. I'm feeling like all rejuvenated and excited to get back into it this weekend with like my next house project and organization. And I know that readers are going to or that listeners are going to take away a lot of great tips too. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you for having me. So many good organization tips and tricks. Thanks again to Christina for joining us and sharing all of her knowledge. I am feeling so motivated and excited to continue tackling my organization and clean out projects this weekend in our house. And I loved what she was saying about like slow and steady wins the race. And also like it doesn't have to be this perfect like aesthetic Instagrammable thing as long as it works for you. So I'm definitely going to keep that in mind to just kind of like take the pressure off and enjoy the process of simplifying and cleaning out. And it really just feels so dang satisfying. So thanks again to Christina for all of those great tips. If you enjoyed this episode, if you are feeling motivated to do some cleaning out your own this weekend, then go ahead and share this episode with a friend, share it on your stories, snap a screenshot, tag me. I'm at WTFab. You can tag Christina, you can tag Modular Closets, and we can't wait to hear what you think. Maybe show show some before and afters and give me a tag as well. I love a good before and after and happy organizing. We will be back with another episode next week. Oh, 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 oh,